I am Father Chris Alar here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and welcome back to Living Divine Mercy here on EWTN. Now, last week, we started to do a walkthrough of the Mass, where we taught to you about each and every line that is said during the liturgy, what it means, why we do it, and most of all, where it is found in Scripture. So last week, we did the Liturgy of the Word, but we ran out of time. So today, we're going to pick back up, beginning with the Liturgy of the Eucharist. And again, we're going to read each and every part, show you what it means, and remember, tell you where it's from in Scripture, because again, there is more Scripture in any Catholic Mass, even weekday, than any Sunday Protestant service, period. So let us return now to a walkthrough of the Mass with the Liturgy of the Eucharist. Well, now that we have brought the word of the Lord to all present here at the Mass, it is time to now enter into the sacrifice. We call this part of the Mass the Offertory. And as you can see, gifts are brought to the altar. Now, this is biblical because in Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 23, it says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there. So this is the beginning of the liturgy of the Eucharist. We also give tithes because if they do a collection at the Mass, this is because God supplies everything to us and only asks that we give a portion of it back. Now is time to prepare the gifts. And this has two purposes. The bread and the wine are to be offered in sacrifice to God and to prepare the priest and people for the self-offering of their words, deeds, and lives. This is the time to attach the things of your heart to the sacrifice of mass. Like the gifts, God will transform those things. And in fact, your guardian angels, the mystics tell us, come forward in every mass, kneel around the altar. And the mystics say that they're holding vessels. And what's in those vessels? what you put into it, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, and your petitions before our Lord. Now, the procession of gifts, this goes back all the way to when people brought bread and wine from their own homes, going back to the earliest centuries of the church. So either right before the procession or while it is happening, the priest sets up the altar. The first part is the corporal. This is a square cloth that is placed on the altar and the priest has it there in order to capture any particles that may fall from the blessed sacrament so that they can properly be accounted for. This is part of what we call the burst. This is the top of what sits on top of the chalice and the corporal inside the burst. This is set aside and the chalice veil, which you can see here matches the vestments of the priest, is folded, placed on top of the burst, and returned to the server to place on the credence table. Now we have the chalice, the pall, which the pall, as you know from the term of a funeral, when it's placed over the casket, 
The purpose, surprisingly, of the pall is to lay on top of the chalice to protect from insects and any flies that may come into the precious blood, because if they do, the priest must consume them. Now, this pall is set aside, and we have what is called a paten, and on top of the paten is our host to be consecrated. Along with that is something that we call a purificator. This is a single piece of cloth that will be used to purify the vessels as well. Now the chalice, as we know, will hold the precious blood. So the priest at this point now begins the sacrifice of the Eucharist, beginning with blessing the host. So as you know, the priest says, Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands that will become for us the bread of life. And you respond, blessed be God forever. Now he is to do this before it ever touches the corporal. Next, the server hands him what is first the wine, as you know, and a drop of water to be added to the wine. Now, the significance of this goes back into our history of our church. While the priest is adding the water to the wine, he quietly says, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. This means God is condescending to be mixed with humanity. You know, once you put water into the wine, it is impossible to take it out. And because of Jesus, humanity can now never be separated from divinity. This is beautiful. And the mixture symbolizes the unity of the church, which is the water, and Jesus, which is the wine. And the Paul, as we mentioned, that's to keep any of the insects out. Now, after blessing the cup in the same way that we blessed the bread, we also do the same blessing of the wine. That is a very important prayer. And then the priest says, quietly after he does, he bows and says, with humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Now, you don't hear that during the Mass. The priest says this quietly. But the beautiful is, the beautiful part is him saying the word, our sacrifice, not just his. And so we are together. Now the priest will turn to wash his hands. Uh, he makes the prayer, wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. This is so that the priest's hands are pure for the moment that he confects the Eucharist. And washing of hands, it used to be done because the people would bring up many gifts, including fruits and vegetables in ancient times. And we all know sometimes they would have animal fertilizers on them. So that's just a practical reason why the priest also washed his hands. And also to clean off the charcoal from the masses where we use incense. Now, most of all, though, it is the symbolic spiritual cleansing of why the priest does this. Now, the priest returns to the altar, 
And what does he say next? He says, Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Now, he says that out loud, and you respond, May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all, his holy church. Again, note the word, our sacrifice. We're doing this together. This is the congregation giving their approval. Now, next we have the prayer over the gifts. And this is where the priest reads from the current prayers of the day, the prayer over the offerings. Something similar to this. Grant us, Lord, we pray, a sincere respect for your gifts that through the purifying action of your grace we may be cleansed by the very mysteries we serve. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Now we are getting ready to enter into something very important. The next part of the Mass goes back to what we said on our last episode, and this is the preface. And it begins with the priest, of course, saying, the Lord be with you. And you respond, and with your spirit. Now, what's so important about this, again, it is biblical. The words, the Lord be with you, comes from Ruth, chapter 2, verse 4. The Lord be with you. Next, you say, and with your spirit. This comes from 2 Timothy 4, 22. The Lord be with your spirit. Then I say, lift up your hearts. That comes from Lamentations chapter 3, verse 41. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. And then finally, you say, we lift them up to the Lord. And then the priest says, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Again, this is scriptural from Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, where we say in the Bible, we always thank God for the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then you respond, it is right and just. Again, this is biblical from Proverbs 21, verse 3. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord. So what we have is a beautiful scriptural worship service. Now, once again, we just heard the Lord be with you. And that is to, again, announce that the Lord is present. But now, even more so than in the Word, even more so than the beginning of Mass, because now Christ is present, body and blood, in the flesh. Now, this preface is in thanksgiving to God. Because in the preface, it is a public announcement, the priest in the name of God's people, thanks and praises the Father for the gift of the Son. In every preface, that's the message. We are thanking the Father for the gift of the Son. We don't always think about that. Now after the preface begins, it is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and eternal God. And then we have a prayer of the preface proper to the Mass of the day. Now, after the preface finishes, the priest says, May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Now here, we sing 
the holy, holy, holy. And this is beautiful because in this prayer of the priest and the people, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. This comes from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole of earth is full of his glory. Now, this prayer, holy, 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 is from the song of angels in the vision of Isaiah and cheers that came for Jesus on Palm Sunday as they sang it as well. Notice it is repetitious prayer in the Bible. Now, let us begin with the Eucharistic prayer. Today we'll be using Eucharistic prayer too. And in this prayer, it's the one that we could use any of the prayers. Uh, I could break them down, but we'll focus on this one for today. Now, in Eucharistic prayer too, the priest then opens the missal, this book here, to be able to do this Eucharistic prayer. He begins with his hands extended and says, You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Now, where does that come from? That comes from 2 Maccabees 14. So now, O Holy One, Lord of all holiness. We just said the fount of all holiness. That comes from 2 Maccabees. Then, the Paul is removed, and the priest extends his hands over the offerings and says, Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is scriptural. John 6, chapter 53, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, what is the priest doing here? This is what we call the epiclesis. It's a Greek word representing an invocation of the Holy Spirit. The priest asks the Father to send the Holy Spirit down to change the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ by the ministry of the priest. The epiclesis, the word epiclesis means to call down. Now, blessings are in two ways in the church. You can get a blessing when a priest lays on his hands on you, like at an ordination. But we also bless things by making the sign of the cross. Notice, during the Eucharistic prayer over the gifts, the priest does both. I laid my hands, and then after the prayer of the Epiclesis, I made the sign of the cross. This is both forms of a powerful blessing. The priest asked this Holy Spirit to come and transform the gifts into Christ. And later, the priest will ask the Holy Spirit to come down in a second epiclesis to transform you. This is powerful. Now, the next part of the prayer of the Mass is the priest says, at the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion. This is from the Gospel Luke chapter 22, verse 3. Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? 
as we just read, at the time he was betrayed. Again, scriptural. Now, he says, he entered willingly into his passion. This again is scriptural. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Again, all scriptural. Now we begin the high point, the words of consecration. At this point, the priest takes the host, bows slightly, and says the words of institution. He took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. Now, during this teaching mass, I have no intent to consecrate this host so that I'm able to stop and um, give you a little bit more teaching. First of all, the priest, when he elevates the host, the tradition has been the words of Thomas. When the host is elevated, the priest can say, my Lord and my God. And then after he puts it back to the patent, he genuflects in sign of respect. So this point is very important. Next, we go back to the prayer of the consecration, the words of institution. The priest now says, in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Now after the priest places the chalice on the altar, he again genuflects. But here's what's important to note. The priest may also add the words, my Jesus, mercy, silently to himself during the elevation. The elevation also includes the ringing of the bells. The ringing of the bells was done traditionally to notify in the traditional form of the Latin mass at what point the host was being consecrated and transubstantiation, meaning change of substance from the bread into the body of Christ, was being done. Now, these words that I just read to you in the Mass are scriptural. Father, how do you know that? Let me read you from the Gospel of Mark and 1 Corinthians. Let us begin with the Gospel of Mark. This is Mark 14, verse 22. And as they were eating, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body, 
And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Then we go to 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 24, where the Bible tells us, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Those are not my words. Those two passages that I just read to you are from the Bible. This entire sacrifice is scriptural. In fact, the word remembrance is the word amnesis, which is also Greek. As Christ uses it, does not mean to remember the past. Our remembrance of Christ's passion, death, and resurrection is used just like the Jewish people used it when celebrating Passover. It is not simply to remember celebrating an event of the past, but actually entails making the event real and present now that we can enter into and share in the Paschal mystery of our salvation. In other words, you are in the upper room. We are not re-crucifying Christ. We are there at the moment of Christ in the upper room. You know, also our Lord uses the words many, for many. Didn't say for all. Why? As we read, for many in the Eucharistic prayer, who would not be included? Is everybody redeemed? Yes. But who then is not included? Well, it really means not Jesus. He didn't include himself. He didn't have to. And so it really is for all of humanity. Well, again, unfortunately, we've run out of time. The Mass is this important. So we are going to have you come back with us next week as we finish the third and final part of the walkthrough of the Mass, concluding with the rest of the liturgy of the Eucharist, finishing to the end of the Sacred Liturgy. Now, let us turn back to Father Andy Davey, who has done some great work with the National Eucharistic Revival. And this is a little bit of how he came to know the Eucharist. One of the earliest memories that I have as a child is connected to the Eucharist. When I was about five years old, I have this memory of being at Mass, and I was the bouncy kid that would kind of hop around from one place to another in the pew. My mom would grab me and say, Andy, Jesus is coming. I was like, where, where? She pointed to the priest as he was getting ready to say those words of institution and said, there is where he's going to come. When you see the priest, lift up the host. I want you to say, my Lord and my God, I love you. And I just have this real little memory of seeing that host raised and then seeing my dad who was sitting next to me and watching his eyes lock on to the Eucharist and bow his head 
And I remember in my little heart and my little voice saying, my Lord and my God, I love you. And there was something that I can remember as being awe-inspiring that I met Jesus in that moment. Midnight Mass. As Holy Mass began, I immediately felt a great interior recollection. Joy filled my soul. During the offertory, I saw Jesus on the altar, incomparably beautiful. The whole time, the infant kept looking at everyone, stretching out his little hands. During the elevation, the child was not looking towards the chapel, but up to heaven. After the elevation, he looked at us again, but just for a short while, because he was broken up and eaten by the priest in the usual manner. His pinafore was now white. The next day, I saw the same thing, and on the third day as well. It is difficult for me to express the joy of my soul. The vision was repeated at the three masses in the same way as in the first ones. Well, thank you again, everybody, for joining us this week as we walked you through the Mass. And please be with us next week because we're going to finish with our third and final part of the ending of the Mass with the conclusion of the Liturgy of the Eucharist. Now, in the meantime, you can pick up a great resource from our Father Don Calloway, who wrote this book called Eucharistic Gems. This is a great book that gives you some quotes of great saints and anecdotes about the importance of the Eucharist in our lives. So the information is there on your screen if you'd like to pick up a copy for yourself or as a gift. So until next week, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>